What's going on, guys, and welcome to Backseat Basketball Banter, where we have a full-length episode on topics relating to basketball. I'm Jonathan, and I'm here with my buddy Sam, and today we are going to be talking about why aren't NBA players rocking the bald look anymore? Will quarantine produce a new generation of talent? Will G League take over the NCAA and the rise of HBCU basketball? So I, we, were, we were on Twitter recently, and we saw that the – NBA bubble is building a, a new barbershop for the players to get the, their haircuts and, and their tapes and whatever. Cause everybody nowadays is rocking a fresh cut. So I, I was, we were having a conversation. I was like, Sam, why aren't players rocking the bald look anymore? And we were like, well, that's so weird. Like why, why aren't people rocking it? So we went online, we did some research and we saw, Seven players in the NBA today were bald. Um, yeah, dude, and only five of them are actually in the bubble. Yeah, which is – I'm, I'm going to read the list right now of the guys we found. These are the only players active in the 2019-2020 season who are fully shaven or bald. You have Corey Brewer, Javon Carter, Vince Carter, Gorgie Jang, Taco Fall, the Taco Fall, Taj Gibson and Anthony Tolliver. And dude, one of those players officially announced his retirement. So if no one else, if no one else changes up their due, we will have six bald players in the following season. <laughs> and that's really weird because all of our favorite legends, all of our favorite players, Shaq, Kobe, D. Wade, even for a season, man, they all rocked that shaved look. Not to mention the stars of past era the mjs barclays ray allen even kg and maybe even the one that the most high prolific scorer of all time kareem abdul jabbar ended his career fully bald and now yeah. we don't have any superstars not one rocking the look dude what's up i want i want to say that although players before michael jordan rocked the bald look I feel like Michael Jordan was the man of his era and he was like unstoppable. Like he couldn't move with the press all over him. Like everybody was exposed to Michael Jordan and he was great and he was everything. So maybe just maybe my theory is that they could have possibly associated Michael Jordan's goatness with the bald look, which is funny and ironic, but I feel like it started a trend where not only in the NBA, but around the world, people would start rocking the bald look more often because he made it cool. I know it was in style before and, and all of that, but I feel like Jordan really made it take off. And in today's era, yeah, in today's era, like where players like LeBron get made fun of for their hairlines and, and, and he he actually oh, dude, that was the biggest that was the biggest NBA meme of yeah. the 2000s. It's LeBron's hairline. Yo, where's LeBron's hairline? But you got to give him credit for sticking with it. Like he 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 mm -hmm. doesn't care what the media says and he does him, which is really cool because I feel like a, a large reason that the players aren't doing it anymore is because they're scared of looking poorly on social media. They want to look their best. They're on TV every night they're they're going out they're they're their business is themselves so they have to 
you have to look the part, you know what I mean? So I feel like now with social media and everybody seeing them like all the time, they feel pressured into dressing the part. Especially with the superstars, like you don't see guys like Manu Ginobili anymore rocking the giant bald spot in the back. You know, they either, either get perfectly trimmed up or they, none of them have been going bald though. No. It's crazy. No matter what it is. Seven no players. What it is. And we've been looking around, right? There are guys with, with wacky hairlines. There are. And it seems like there's some guys that let it grow out so much that it even maybe bothers the way that they play. I can imagine some of these guys running around with these giant hairdos bobbing up and down. That can only, you know, that can only hurt them. I don't see how that can help them play basketball. A la Jarrett Allen. I mean, they get a little cushion. They can land on their head and maybe yeah. prevent a concussion. You don't know. Yeah, but that, that might help them a little bit more if they were playing the NFL. Sure. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like there's no more maybe idolization of that look because I know Kobe tried to copy the late, great Kobe, uh, tried to copy MJ 100%. He tried to get that look. He tried to get that style. He copied all the moves. He wanted to be the next MJ. And now players are looking to the, the young generation. You know, they're looking at guys like LeBron who – refused at all costs to shave it off he he said i'm keeping it i'm getting it lined up every time so much so that even one of the more iconic bald players ray allen while he was in quarantine let some of his hair grow out shack on tnt man he let that grow out i know he lost a bet to d wade but shack That looks sprayed on, bro. I, I don't think that was real. <laughs> I don't know, man. But even if it wasn't, you know, just the idea of like mm-hmm. social it's media cool taking to grow it, it out. Social media's role is huge in today's society. Yeah. And I, I mean, when I go on social media, like nowadays, I see all these people in quarantine, like hustling and and working and going hard. So I feel like quarantine could possibly make younger talent and younger players better over the years. Yeah, man. It's kind of interesting to think about that, right? Cause on one hand they're losing a year, maybe two years. You never really know of experience. A lot of high school guys, especially the ones trying to get recruited to these big college programs, right? They're losing that opportunity to get scouted. But then the guys that are, you know, sitting at home, hustling, the ones that are working on their ball handling, they're watching tape. That's all they got, right? They're just watching tape and tape and tape. Because now, like we were talking about with social media, even high school games are recorded. 100%. You could go back. I'm pretty sure there's videos of Zion dunking in middle school, <laughs> right? There, people get recorded, especially these big phenoms, right? They get recorded as, as soon as humanly possible. So, I have a feeling that those guys, the ones that really want it, and I, I guess we'll see how many people really want it, but the ones that really want it, they're grinding, man. Behind the scenes, they don't get to be in front of the stage. They don't get to be with their teammates. They don't get to be with their fans. They're doing it behind the scenes. They're dribbling, you know. Maybe we'll see another uh, Jimmy Butler getting noise complaints, except it's some um, <laughs> 15-year-old kid in his apartment, right? Yeah. Because you can't go out to the courts, you can't work on your shooting, but we might have a great generation of ball handlers, people with great decision-making. That's all they could do. Yeah, in high school hoops, um, a, lot of the, a lot of the players are, like, gifted. If you're, if you're good, you're gifted. But I feel, right. like, I feel like 
this time at home will allow not the the extremely talented players to develop these skills and maybe catch up. So we, we might be seeing some three-star recruits playing like five-star recruits in, in college. And that, that, that just amazes me to see that hopefully this happens. I feel like it could happen really, really legitimate yeah, chance. I have, at, at I have being faith the truth. in these kids. I have faith in these guys. Yeah. So I, I think we could see, one of the best generations of basketball coming out of this, not because only they have all the extra time, but I feel like going through this, going through a quarantine and, and dedicating yourself through this and sticking to your like goals and, and workouts and your achievements and whatever, it can make them even more dedicated to their craft and, and make it like, like they're hungry for it, hungry to get better, hungry to get out there, hungry to get playing. Like they, yeah. they want to be the best they can for others and, and themselves, obviously. Yeah. And you know, every guy's got a story, right? So a lot of people, and you know this, you hear this all the time in the NBA and all major league sports of how players who grew up with a lot of adversity, they tend to work harder. They tend to perform harder. You know, I think we've all heard that uh, Ray Lewis interview or why, why he chose number 52 because he used a deck of playing cards to work out because he never wanted his mother to be abused. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So I can only imagine players now being motivated by the virus. You know, a lot of their livelihoods, their families, you know, their parents might have been working multiple jobs and they got laid off. They're like, I need to be the breadwinner. They're saying, what can I do? I can't study right now because there's no school. Yeah, I can't go out and work. I can't go hustle because there's nothing. You open. can't get a job because all they could do is through the roof. All they could do is sit at home and dribble and dribble and dribble and dribble. Right. Um, how this could affect other sports because I'm assuming things like football and baseball, you need someone else, right? You need someone pitching you the ball so you can bat. Yeah. You need you need a receiver to throw to. But basketball, man, you sit you at home and you dribble. You don't need anybody to go shoot hoops. You can you go outside on a hoop and you can just take a thousand yeah. shots, a thousand shots a day. That's what Ray Allen does. That's what great shooters do. If you just put in the time and effort, there's zero percent chance that you won't see the results. And the thing about basketball, man, you don't need to go to a, a rec center. You don't need to go to an indoor court. You could shoot on a janky hoop. You could shoot in the track can, and that still gives you at least, at least the aim and the hand-eye coordination to, to get a little better. I feel, right? so, I feel like they will. All these positives are good, you know what I'm saying? But they mm -hmm. will, there are some negatives. We can't deny it. They're going to lose. They're going to lose basketball, real basketball in-game experience, which is – priceless and in high school especially like these players like thrive in the moment they're they're the top recruits they're televised on some occasions it's it's crazy they they the amount of experience they get like really prepares them for the next level also with recruiting and scouting like you mentioned earlier no one's going to be there to be watching their their games and and seeing how they practice and all of these things. So, you know who this is going to hurt the most? Yeah. This is going to hurt those uber-athletic guys. The ones that their only skill is jumping and the ones who really learn all the little mechanic game who just – they're in high school, they're six foot eight, and they bully every single player on the court. And they get five-star recruited because they have all these highlight dunks, these great plays. They put up 30 points a game. 
and then they get to college and these grown dudes, right, they really put them in their place. I think the kids that are less uh, physically gifted are the ones that are really going to get help because now when they go to play these games, especially when I heard a lot of spring leagues are talking about, hey, maybe we could open in spring if, if the virus looks a little better, <laughs> right? There still might not be anyone in the stands. These scouts might not be traveling the country. It's all on video. So now it's open market. It's, hey, you blow up. It doesn't matter if you're, if you can attract that big scout, that scout will find you on Twitter. Like we were talking about social media, right? They might find you on, on these highlights, right? And they, they can really take a look. Wow, this kid can handle the ball. This kid can pass. This kid can shoot, right? And that's all stuff that you could work at, like we said, at home. I feel like so, I feel like some of these kids that lose the year experience that really could benefit them mm-hmm. may affect the NCAA by the the players that would normally do a one and done and go straight into the NBA take the extra year in college they, they, they so they get stay. the extra yep. extra experience and now now would that make a really fun next season when we do get a big season when we have a little bit more recruits because then the freshmen and the sophomores would all be NBA level talents. Yeah, I'm a little salty about March Madness this year being canceled because of COVID, True. but we, we gotta see gotta even those, those players coming back are hungry. Those those top teams who feel like they could have won it and this this That's year right. might mean even more than, than last year to them. And you heard uh this isn't a perfect comparison because we're talking about pros in college, but uh, how Giannis, he was interviewed today about have you had access to a court you weren't supposed to, but he goes, really know me? They think I haven't been working out? You don't think I've been working on my game? So these guys, they find a way. You know, they find a way to get out. Sure. They, I, they stay safe, right? They stay safe, but they, they find a way to, to really keep working. The ones that are dedicated, the ones that want it, get it. I saw it was it was last offseason for the NBA was 130 days. This this break that we've had because mm-hmm. of COVID was 133 days. It was the full length of an off season. That's right. Imagine in the middle in the middle of a season, you're resuming play. It's coming in with fresh legs. They only get around 11 games or so to get back into playoff conditions because yeah. the teams that are and in playoffs, three of them, right? Three or four are uh, are scrimmage games. So. So not the, the starters aren't playing all, all 40 minutes of that game. I feel like the starters are going to play the majority. They're playing a lot of it because they need to get ready and they need to get ready quick. You need to get ready for playoff games. I Personally, I also like the fans in the back that they're putting with. Yeah, that's interesting. I saw the Nuggets. They had a little audio glitch yeah uh, today in their first scrimmage game where it seemed like there was no fans in the stadium mm-hmm. but that's that's what it is right i think some of these guys who are d-league call-ups who are rising stars they're actually comfortable playing in crowds or no crowds right in empty gym i just feel i just feel like for lebron it feels like he's mm-hmm. back in middle school, you know, not not noticed, not whatever. But yeah. you're in a you're in a court with no people. You're running you're running a pickup game basically, and it's it's best team wins. You you come at me, I come at you. No advantages, no 
I mean, yeah, there's the home court advantage where the crowd is chanting "Go Heat" or "Go Lakers" or whatever. I thought that but, was really funny because because I was watching some of the scrimmages and mm-hmm. in the cast they say like Toronto at Milwaukee, but it's it's all in Orlando. Yeah, they give home games. So yeah, for the playoffs, for the playoffs, I'm assuming mm-hmm. they're gonna do um, first four seeds get home court technically. Yeah, that's right. So that that could be cool to see. And so there still you know, is an much, advantage. How much does that really affect the players though? Because I feel like they really. It, they learned how to tune it out with 22,000 fans. So a couple of fake video fans are really going to make a big difference. You know? it'll, make it, it'll make it feel more real and more genuine, I, I feel That's like. for us, though. I'm talking about for them. For them, too. I, I don't know. You go, to, you go to a gym and play pickup basketball, you're not really focused on all of your surroundings anyways. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's a really interesting uh, concept that they're putting out here. This is this is the best, I think, social experiment, if nothing else. The way they're doing it is incredible. I commend them, mm-hmm. like, seriously. There's zero cases. They're, they're protecting their players, their employees, everyone. And it's, it's, really, it's really impressive to see how, how they're making this happen. Because in reality, I, I, I thought the league would have been canceled. But they're credit to them for, for putting it together. Yeah, man. I think this is uh it could be an example for everybody. Like there's creative solutions to hard problems, right? Like obviously the way that the, the virus has spread was no one could have predicted it. And we're doing our best. We're all doing our best, but it takes a few really smart people to make up this. Let's, let's make a bubble. Right. And we only let people in that we know are safe. And we wait until everyone in the league is confirmed safe. Start the games, right? And we don't let any fans in. We only let a handful of reporters in and go. Yeah, it's not ideal. But if the alternative is no basketball, nothing to talk about, I mean, hey, we take it. Yeah, it's 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 astonishing. Honestly, I I respect them so much for it. On as a fan, mm-hmm. today was it was great to see any NBA action and imagine scrimmages. Mm-hmm. wait till the game right wait till they care about the the results that's gonna be fun also thinking about it as as one of those kids that we were talking about at home um trying to get better looking at nba players and be like oh i want to be like them oh i want to get out there and i want to perform at a high level how do you feel like those players watching the nba bubble right now how do you feel like the quarantine will, will have an effect on a G League? Yeah, man. So the G League, they've been making moves. They've been making big moves. I don't know if you heard they have recently started voting on creating a, a players union. Yep. Uh, they're, they're getting organized. And one of their big moves that they made, I think this was last year, uh, I think in 2019 they released this, the select contracts to allow for non-NBA eligible players, so straight out of high school, to sign a one-year deal to play minor league basketball, essentially, in the development league. And technically, you could say that's much higher competition than even college because most of these guys are fringe NBA. A lot of them have contracts in the NBA. They're too 100%. 
right? And they're grown dudes. These aren't lanky high school or high school kids that just finished and are now. These are grown dudes. They get NBA system, right? With professional trainers and everything. One hundred percent. They get they get an a crazy amount of experience out of this. Um, players will be joining the the league as draft picks. So there's in the G League, there's a, a four round draft that players are entered to in a pool, and t- teams select them. They're not affiliated directly with the NBA teams, so they can't. The players cannot get called up, which is important because yeah, that's that's only with the select yeah. contract. Mm-hmm. So players like um, Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga are earning yep. five hundred thousand dollars to play in the G League rather than not making any money in the NCAA. I know the yep. NCAA just voted on a rule that you can make money on your um, like likeness. What is it? Uh, yeah. So from what I've read. The NCAA ruled that universities are still not allowed to pay their players directly, but the players can sell their name and likeness to advertisers and mm-hmm. to sell products, right? And uh, just to backtrack just a little bit, I want to give a little background for anyone that doesn't know. Uh, Jalen and Jonathan Kuminga are the number one and number four recruits coming out of high school. Serious stuff. So Serious big stuff. stuff. These are the recruits uh essentially in the game and they both uh signed contracts these select contracts league for sure from what i've seen they are the now the two highest paid players in the g league uh making half a million dollars each but that's huge for these players they would have had to go least to college for one year where yes they get the scholarships they get to go to these big name programs and get more recognition but on the flip side they get paid half a million dollars a year they already get to sell their name and likeness. It has. They don't have to ask the G League for permission. They don't have NCAA for permission. They could already do that. And they're affiliated with the teams. Not directly, of course, but you know the, the head coach comes down to – I know at least from uh, the Heat, I know Eric Spolster goes down to Sioux Falls from time to time to say hi to those players and, and take a look. Right, so can you imagine being an 18-year-old that just yeah. signed a half a million dollar contract? PA coaches coming to your game and saying, "Hey, you know, you on my team? Here's a few tips. Here's how you get better." Right? They send personal trainers over. Say, "Guy, that's an NBA guy. That's no longer a college trainer. That's an NBA guy." Think of think of this tying it back into players in quarantine. They could honestly see the G league and see all of these moves that they're making. Dude, they see dollar bills like, when they see the G league. They, and they, they can, see. they'll be like, why would I go choose to play basketball in college where I don't make money for, for me and my family who they haven't made it yet. They're, they're not, they're not NBA players yet. They're, they're, they're living lives just like us. Their, their name is out there, but they could see the G league as an opportunity to put, to put, food on the table for their parents to 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 give money just for a year and then they kuminga for example um he's projected to be possibly the first overall pick in in 21 in, tw- in 2021 so yeah i don't know i feel like i 
right now the movement there there is a movement undeniably there is a movement top prospects are going to the g league it's not to be ignored yeah so i feel like the, the g league, league the g league is is making themselves a lot more appealing to these players because one thing that used to be the argument right why not go overseas right why, why go to college instead of go play professional overseas it's because those guys don't have the right conditions right now the you can G play it was always now you can yeah, play professional mm -hmm. right here you play here and the g league used to have from what not the best conditions they wouldn't stay in the best hotels they wouldn't have the best transportation but now this player union they're pushing for these things they're pushing for better hotels they're pushing media coverage maybe will, will we be watching g league games in the next few years if all these top recruits go there trust me this year i'm going to be tune, tuning in for sure it's just I mean, it's just like i hope the games have a college feel and and maybe mm -hmm. almost even an nba feel because but it is then, serious dude, uh one big difference i just thought about this right now this isn't even in our uh notes uh they have the full NBA size three point line. Yep. They don't play on the college line. That prepares them even more too. That's huge. Because the big questions whenever we're doing draft analysis, when people are doing scouting, will the shot translate NBA? Well, now we know for a fact they're shooting on the same. They're line, shooting on it. <laughs> shoot on the same court. That's exactly a one to one. You know, if you're shooting forty percent in the league, you'll be shooting forty percent in the league, right? You know for a fact that it will translate. These players are going to get better shooting, better development, everything, man. I don't see a case for why an 18-year-old kid coming out of poverty that is a number one recruit should ever choose to not get paid half a million dollars let's, to play let's, basketball professionally. Let's look at the other perspective for a minute, too, because I do want to address the positives of the NCAA. All right. It Sell is, your case, dude. Sell your case. I'm, I'm open to hearing it. I, I personally, I go to FSU and going to an FSU basketball game, we were fourth in the nation this year. The stadiums are electric. The, the college environment for mm -hmm. football as well, but basketball too, is insane. The arena is shaking. Yeah. I, had a, I had a crazier experience at, at Florida State versus Louisville than I did at any NBA game I've been to. The environment is electric. So I feel like they still have that appeal to them because it is That's so true. it is so strong. It takes a certain type of player right now, a certain type of person to choose uh, NCAA. So I do I do have to take back a little bit of the harsh uh, against them. I feel like you need to at least have some kind of safety net now. Speaking right. You need of, at least yeah. at least be able to, uh, and these people are maybe going to want to focus on their education too, which is not something we see all the time. The NCAA awesome. players, so the players that want to focus on their education, who want to stay maybe three or four years, right, get at least some kind of degree or or even a certificate. Those guys definitely would benefit. The ones yeah. that want to play for for school pride, those would benefit. But listen, if I'm making a choice, if I'm saying, hey, here's NBA uh, fringe players competition. Right, NBA development staff and half a million dollars, or you know, put on a famous jersey. You know, that's a tough choice, but I think I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with the money in my pocket. I see how people can go both ways for sure. Going back to what you were yep. saying for being a bold player and and doing something that that isn't really part of the norm. Yeah, McCurr Maker is the first five star recruit 
to join Howard, which is a historically black college or university, HBCU. See, now that one, that one I support. That's a ballsy move. That's a ballsy move, but he's the start of a movement. 100%. As of right now, there are two NBA players who have come out of an HBCU, and it's Kylo Quinn and Robert Covington. Now, nothing against those guys because Rocco is could be a big factor in whether Houston goes far or not in these playoffs. Also, Kylo Quinn too. But they neither of them, neither of them were five star recruits. McCur Maker joining Howard University that's a big move. That's a big move. Now the question: If they want to support, if they want to support the HBCUs, right? If they want to have that as a movement, not as a a career decision, but as a a statement. 100%. I respect that move, man. Anyone who has the conviction to do that and the confidence in themselves that in a smaller market they will still produce and make it to the league, I I, I respect that. No matter. Now let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Do you think this is going to be like a a huge trend? Obviously, it's a big deal on social media already. But I feel like it can take. I feel like it can take some ground. What are your What are your thoughts on that? All right. Uh, I want to take this lightly, but also I want to be as serious as possible about it. I think that the first stone to drop. We're going to need to see more, but he's already McCormaker is already recruiting Williams, who's supposed to be a phenom. He's supposed to be huge. Yeah. Now, if if one more stone to drop if there's huge prospects a lot of players are going to look at it and and the choice can be anymore you know these big name schools it might be g league or hbcu they're either going to do the social movement or the uh personal gains movement right i have a Uh, a, and yeah go for it i have a thought that that just crossed my mind i Mm -hmm. feel like as a five-star recruit and not opting to go to the G League or the NCAA and go to an HBCU, I, I think I think the HBCUs are still in the oh, NCAA. True, true. Yeah, but They're not a, not the, a big big school. Yeah. Um, I feel like isn't there isn't there a big difference in coaching? There might be, and I was reading an article on ESPN, and uh, I'm going to read a quote directly from it. Uh, it says, in terms of legacy, HBCU coaches are trying to sell life after basketball and life outside of basketball. And I'm paraphrasing the rest of this. They, uh, HBCUs might not have the most established program, but they are preaching life outside of basketball. For they're sure. saying that the life skills that they're going to be teaching these players, if they don't make it in basketball, are worth more than, than the coaching development a Duke or a Kentucky or other big name schools like that. Some right? some people would agree with you, but there's a there's a other argument that says, "Hey, we're Duke, for example. We have mm-hmm. one of the best programs in college basketball. Why pass up Duke? Why pass up being the most hyped team and having a chance to get that that NCAA March Madness title? Like, I don't I don't well, see that could be tough, right? That could be a tough decision." Uh, I think that for a lot of these players, they're selling themselves as the brand. They're, they're selling That's themselves important. as the guy that led this movement or that joined the movement, right? And this is unfortunate, but how many 
top lottery busts have we seen over the years? Every every draft, every draft, top five picks, right? There's at least one bust in the top five. Every Sometimes draft it's has. because of injury, right? Some fault. Like, who knows how good uh, Greg Oden? Greg Oden. Yeah, right? we if, were thinking the same one. Snap his leg every few years. Even D Rose, who you know had an MVP season and looked like he had the brightest future in the league, right? His, but then his career went off the rails. Then you right? get the Anthony Bennett's who yeah, just never perform. So I see and where you're coming Browns from. Browns and all that, right? So if if those guys have at least the backing of this movement right, to join these universities that need a little bit more help, they have this bigger community behind them. Uh, even if they don't make it professionally in the league, I think they still have a lot of good outlooks on what they 100%. can do. And they're still making a difference. A lot of players use use uh, these platforms to make a difference and spread their own message. Um, I think that's, that's one way to do it, right? That's one way to map yourself apart from the rest of the crowd. And I respect, I respect all the players that are, uh, of course, McCurr maker doing this, but mm-hmm. I respect they're, they're for sure is going to start a trend. Every, yeah. Everything, everything today we were talking about it earlier. It's social media. Social media has effect on everything we do. And some player is going to be like, wow, McCurr Maker, he, he's like a role model to me. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's doing something that no one has done. He's a pioneer. And Dude, some, how many 10-year-old some kids, kids are, are, are looking at that right now? Like, they're looking up I to him. That. And imagine what that's going to do. That. 100%. Now, the, the best favorite thing out of all this, so we talked about three options for high school players, essentially, to decide where they want to go. And I guess you can even throw in overseas leagues as a fourth option. Although, uh, with the G League making such a strong push, that that's pushing that option out of the way, right? I mean, still, I there's like, only a like select competition. There's only a select amount of spots in the G League right. too. So for sure, there's still going to be players going international. Right. But my point is, I feel like that competition is going to force all these leagues, right? The uh, HBCU market, the the big big league schools in the NCAA and the, the G League to all compete with one another. And 100%. competition is perfect because it's going to give the players better conditions. It's going to give them better options. Because, hey, we saw the NCAA approve them uh, making money off their likeness. That's I think a big, what happens big is, step. happens if enough players say, hey, I'm going G League. Would that force the NCAA's hand and saying, hey, if they're generating us millions, if not billions of dollars, we got to give them a, a cut. There, I feel like – I feel like if the G League does take off right now, which it, which it does have a real possibility of doing, yep. I feel like the NCAA has no other option than to come back with something that, that makes it more appealing. Because yep. if you sell, if you, if you put me two offers on a table, it's one the NCAA, one the G League, and you say G League $500,000, and you say that's NCAA, right now. You that's say, right now. Yeah. If they make more money as a they could offer more money to the players. But one, one second. You say, you say $500,000, $500,000. I'm saying mm-hmm. that the offer's Sweden for both sides. Yep. I, would, I think I would still go NCAA just because of you – you see, you see some of these G League games. I mean, it might be different this year because of all the attention that be. they're getting. But they're empty gyms for the most part. Like, I mean, they still have some people there, but mm-hmm. for no, like it, it does not compare. To NCAA I feel like basketball. the people that are there, though, are the, the ones you want there, right? It's the scouts, it's the coaches, it's the trainers, right? Um, but as a player, as a player. That play as a player, you want that. You, you want 100%. those fans behind you, right? The other thing, here, here's another 
just had about this. Uh, that could be a big culture shock, right? Going from G League, BA, if nothing changes, right? If the G League takes off as a league in popularity, right? And everyone 100%. starts flocking to these games, then then this point is moot. But if the players choose, I'm going to go G League. I'm going to make my money. I'm going to improve in silence, right? I'm not going to get that big uh, attention of March Madness or anything, right? And then they get drafted, and now they're playing in front of 22,000 people for the first time, right? It could be a shock. That's a good point. Um, uh, I know it's it's the same idea in college, but it's I guess it's more gradual. They're going from, like, high school with a couple hundred people to college, you know, in the low teens, like 10,000. Yep and then they go again up to like 20 but we'll we'll see again because we'll first of all we don't know how seasons we don't know how seasons are going to be from now on so even yeah. if the ncaa like played would they have a stadium full of fans we we still don't have those answers no so but it, the, the hope is that it's at least temporary that it won't last beyond beyond this year next year yeah. or something right uh hopefully at least at, at some point we will get better we will all get so better. saying so right. I, have, I have a question for you saying both seasons happen mm-hmm. for let's say for two years so this season passes and we're in next year and you're a recruit that has the g league offer to get money or play in an empty ncaa gym what do you do oh no doubt, dude i'm going g league Respect the idea of playing for these big name schools, or even even if they do want to do the HBCU, I guess the the caveat, right? That's a little asterisk. Well, in, in this whole argument, right? Um, but if you presented Duke or Sioux Falls, right? I'm going to Sioux yeah. Falls. You you're you're with that NBA train staff. You're getting paid your money. You could Man. family. You could you could at least start something, right? Man, I, I it's I cannot imagine myself turning that down. I see where you're coming from for sure. Right. I personally wouldn't I wouldn't have a set decision. I'd probably lose sleep if I was making a decision like this. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I feel you. And yeah. I'm saying this now like all confident, but like if if I had, you know, all those years of training and you know, if I if I knew I was the best at the game then choice too. This I'm choice, talking about me as the guy talking to the camera, right? Yeah. About about these guys, right? I'm not I'm not <laughs> one of these guys. This right? choice literally defines some of these players' life though. Yeah. Like you it's going to college and maybe some players stick it out and do four years. So what about I mean, we're talking about G League, the top prospects. They're they're yes. probably gonna do a one and done anyways. So is college really appealing to them? They can they're done. To they, those they guys, need... definitely not. Now, yeah. maybe to four-star recruits, to three-stars, now you like a, a conversation. Like, are you going to be a pro for the rest of your life, or do you want to get a degree and, and do something So, there? So is the G League just going to be filled with the five-star recruits and college basketball is just going to be three-star and four-star re- recruits? Listen, that, that, might, that might be what happens. Um, but let's talk about – now, not not looking 10 years in the future, right? Because I feel like no matter what, it's not going to be an overnight shift, mm-hmm. right? A lot of players are still going to be hesitant. They're going to be like, yeah, I can make a little money there, but I can be drafted more if I go, you know, to Duke or whatever. But let's say you're the GM, you have the number one pick, whatever. It doesn't matter what, who gets the number one pick. 
can get the top G League player, right, on a, one of these select contracts or the top college recruit? Who are you going with? Man, that's a tough one. Yeah, we got to go the college. The college podcast. Yeah, we asked the real questions here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's between the college recruit and and the G League guy on a select contract. So still, still, and, like a and you're year old you're kid. you're the first pick in the NBA draft. Yeah. How, I mean, wh- would you rank the college guy or the G League guy first? Thousand things go into that, Sam. I feel like oh, that, the scouting. Assuming they both fit your team. Assuming they both they both provide value to your team. Right, you're you're the New York Knicks who are devoid of talent. So let's let's um, say desperate for for a new guy, right? Okay, so let's say going back on it, how say you're the Knicks and you have the first pick. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not trying to bash on the Knicks, right? No, I, I no. hope that they they figure. I hope they figure their stuff out. But right now, uh, it's not looking as good as we <laughs> wanted to. There, that was just the first team that came to mind. So yeah. you're the Knicks and you're you're on the clock. Yeah. And two guys come up to you. One that you've seen grow in your own league, mm-hmm. in, in your own development league. But then one, let's say they were on the Knicks G League team. Yep. So they have extra scouting on them. And then one coming from Kentucky or Duke mm-hmm. or one of these crazy schools. Will you trust your own coaching system? Would you bring in somebody that you, you watch them flourish in your, in your like, yeah, exactly. system? Or would you go and trust one of these big schools that they prepared the player for you? Are teams going to start relying on other teams to prepare prospects for them? What if, as a competition standpoint, I don't think this would happen. I hope it wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. But what if an NBA team says to their G League affiliate, hey, don't push this guy to his full potential. We want, we're not looking like we're going to get a lot of repick this year. So although he is a five-star recruit, slow it down because he might be a threat to us in the future. I just feel like the level of competition there might have an influence. What are your thoughts on Um, that? Well, I think that likelihood of that happening is slim. Now we do rats, you know, swimming like somewhere in the NBA. I think in general, these guys want them to perform, right? They want these recruits to perform because they all think, hey, listen, maybe, maybe not now, but when, when he's looking for another contract, he'll remember us, right, in free agency. Maybe. He'll remember us. We, we developed him, right? So there, there's so many factors there. I don't think teams would intentionally sabotage their players. It, that doesn't make sense to me why a team would decide to do it. I get the argument, but I, I feel that would be I such a scandal if anyone found out. Right. If someone reported that to ESPN or something, it's over for that team, right? The, the owner has to sell the team, right? The GM has to, yeah. has to quit, right? Like, dude, I feel like if, if someone found out that, like, an owner, like, is talking to their G League affiliate, like, hi to this guy. Don't give, don't, don't give him run. Like, we have the 30th pick in the draft next year. Just let him slide to us. Oh, that, that's going to be a big scandal. That's going right? to Terrible look on the team. I, mm-hmm. People people will lose respect for the team. Yeah. Think about decisions players have made in the past. People lose mm-hmm. respect for the players. Imagine a franchise making a, a decision like this. It ruins their image for the yeah. next 10, and 15 that's, and years. That's why I don't think it'll happen. 
Yeah. That's what I don't think going to happen. I think I think the G League, if they do this, the all the coaches or, or all the teams are going to put their, their best assistant coach, you know, as the head <laughs> coach of the G League, right? They're they're going to they're going to spend a lot of money. They're going to invest a lot of talent in, in terms of the development. I think that the league would profit just as a whole, right? Because more people watching, right? More people, you know, viewing let's, these guys. Let's say let's say the G League does take over the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Imagine the G League with packed arenas and yeah. fans who have been fans for years and the kids <laughs> loving the G League, watching the, and getting to love the yeah. players. Imagine the environment that they can create and they can build. Yeah. I Especially genuinely the feel. Especially yeah. the other guys. The ones that are fringe talents, right? The ones that were drafted and the NBA kicked back and says, hey, sit here for another couple of years. We'll, we'll call you back up. You know, it's not just these top prospects because in, in college right now in NCAA, every team has maybe one guy, maybe two guys if they're lucky that are top recruits, right? Everyone in the G League has at least spent time in the NBA, either on a roster, yep. right, in a, in a summer league team or something, right? And players, they play with players who are in the mm-hmm. league with yep. two-way contracts. Yeah. So that can also – these players with two-way contracts are, are – balling out in the G League sometimes. Mm-hmm. They're levels ahead of their their competition. Yep. Maybe those two-way contracts lose some value now that they're, they're in the G League. Maybe. And they're going against greater competition because you're talking about the number one and number four player mm-hmm. in the nation. Yeah, like, dude. And you, you look at teams like, like the Heat and the Spurs and the Raptors, right? The ones that have used the G League the most over the past few years to develop their yep. guys. But you see these guys come out of nowhere. You see, like, well, most of my mind, you know, as as you guys may know, we're, we're big Heat fans. Uh, Duncan Robinson, right? He spent some time yeah. in the G League. Now he's the best shooter in the league, arguably. But the the numbers numbers surely say so, right? Um, he's, he's pretty good. He's up there, dude. He spent some time in the G League. There's a lot of guys I know just from watching, from following the Heat, find gems out of. And that's because they use their G League affiliate. Imagine every team doing that. If the, the G League, that. the G League affiliates too, also don't mind if you send down the players if they need. Them. Mm-hmm. The the only thing that sucks for the G League sometimes, like which could be something that takes away from players wanting to go there, mm-hmm. is if you're in an important game and it means a lot to you, the NBA can just call back one of your teammates yeah. and be like, "We need you over here," and you'll be like, "Well, I need you here." Like. <laughs> Like, right. come on, we got to win. And the competition is going to just keep growing and growing. These players are going to get gonna better keep and getting better. Different. Yeah. And think about this now. So a lot of G League teams are located in smaller markets, right? They're not always in these giant cities. Yeah. Right? The affiliates are not in the same city necessarily as the team that they belong to. 100%. That's going to open up markets for, for sports. True. That's, for a, that's a good That's a good. Because a, a lot of college teams, right? Like, for example, like FSU, right? Tallahassee is a big city. It's our but it doesn't have the market you can't put an nba team in Tallahassee, yeah. right but but these g league teams they're located in similar places like like these colleges are uh all right dude so what do you think of that i feel like a lot of markets and it's good for the economy too obviously but a lot of the markets are going to grow for sure without a doubt like when you when you talk about some of these g league affiliate teams like performing a lot better and starting to bring in fans and and revenue and the more money you put into the league the more money comes into the league the more money they put into it so 
it's it's guaranteed to grow and for sure the more people watching and the more people tuning in it brings a lot of attention to what they're doing there and attention mm -hmm. attention is good if you do attention is always a good thing yep. man <laughs> companies and these uh associations right because at the end of the day I think a lot of people forget, right? There's a lot of bright colors, right? And you're rooting for your teams, but, but all these leagues are business, right? If they're not, they're not making content. Yep. Right. Um, you see certain things being pushed. You see certain things not being pushed, right? And that, that's all, it's all with money, right? The reason we follow NCAA and not G League right now is because that's all you see, right? They have the yeah. deals. They have their, their deals with ESPN and ABC and all of those guys right? You watch the games because they're on, mm -hmm. right? And if they start marketing these guys, right? If they start marketing Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga, yep. and you start seeing them in commercials and you start seeing them in all these things, right? They become household names, you know? As it grows, it grows, right? And all I'm saying is I'm rooting for, for more, right? The more basketball, the better. The more sports. The 100%. If we can have the NBA, the NCAA, and the G League all like being their mm -hmm. own individual like good good basketball like league. Yeah, man. I would be all for it. It's just more as a fan, we we love mm -hmm. seeing as much as we can. Like today the NBA, we just had our first scrimmages and and I sat there. Dude, it's exciting. All of popcorn and just enjoyed it. It's exciting, dude. It's <laughs> yeah. so fun. And imagine now, now we're going into like crazy territory. But like, what if the, the G leagues had uh, their games during the off season, the NBA off season, right? Have an off season, right? Because so then there would, uh, we would have year round, year round, year -round hoops, year round hoops, dude. I would I don't know that, that. that's that's a that's a stretch. I don't know how that would work. They these guys need their time off. But but uh, maybe I'm getting selfish at this point. Right? Maybe, <laughs> maybe I, I just I just want it so bad. Maybe it's because we've been craving basketball for so long now right yeah i feel like uh, i feel like the g league is also very good because of the two-way contracts that they have now mm -hmm. so i don't feel like that would be taken away maybe the players with two-way contracts play during the summer and during the year but then those players mm -hmm. aren't even offered a break and you yeah. you call back players and take players out to keep a 15-man roster which that mm -hmm. could also mess up too with strategies, but you know, that's true. We that's weren't true. even talking about the G league a while back ago. So we yeah. can adopt new strategies and new ways to do things. Maybe have like a, an IR spot or like a, a designated G league two-way contract spot mm -hmm. where you can put a two-way contract player in that spot and bring in a, a, a free agent or somebody like claiming off waivers. Yeah. I feel like that's a, a, a cool idea maybe that would be even fun. Like, like adopting a little bit from the nfl there you're talking mm -hmm. about right yeah that would be interesting um now what about uh the flip side like the football version the xfl you think uh that little minor league is gonna get off the ground too no nah, the xfl <laughs> it's, it's not it's you're not, not you're not buying that you didn't buy yeah, that hype i'm pretty sure it, it like <laughs> it like died a little after it got shut down from COVID. Well, of course. I don't know if it's coming back or not. I don't know if it's coming back. But uh, now we're just talking about alternative leagues. What about the big three league? I like the big three league. I, I think mean, that's interesting. It's not, it's not like super competitive, but it's, it's kind of fun. It's just, it's just old dudes balling out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to disrespect them. Like some of these players are yeah. 
are great. Like I, I watched them growing up. Like you see Joe Johnson hooping, like I saw white chocolate, like yeah. still pulling out the moves. Right? It's fun for sure. As a fan, mm-hmm. as a fan of the game for a long time, it's fun seeing some of these players that have, have been a part of my life. And yeah, when they're out of the league, they could still, they could still ball because they love it. You know, mm-hmm. they love it. And a lot of these players do love it. Dude, what I think a lot of us forget, right, is that even when they're too old to play in the NBA, they're still the best. They're still hoopers in the world, <laughs> right? Like, just because you can't keep up with a kid straight out of college doesn't mean you can't hoop. Careful. Right? Like, Careful now because you might just see Bill Russell <laughs> ball it on some people yeah, in, your, in your gym. Pull, pull some uh, real uncle <laughs> moves, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that could be fun, but people really forget how good these guys are. So oh, yeah, for sure. Once they start to decline, right? Like you said, you hear all these conversations. Well, this guy's washed. This one's this. This one's one, that. When yeah. they retire, they they are out of the system. They're not yeah. doing off seasons, training all off season, getting mm-hmm. prepared for the season. They're not going through a full length season. They're getting mm-hmm. old. Their knees are getting old knees. We all know the expression. Yeah. So I feel like retirement. Yeah, they're still good. They still got their shot. The shot. And you can practice your away. shot, it comes back. Yeah, like, it, it, certain things don't go away. Yeah. So I feel like some of these players um, that are retired, I would love to see big name players go to the big three, mm-hmm. like Kevin Garnett. Possibly he's he's trying to buy the Timberwolves right now. But yeah, that's that's interesting, dude. Though, because yeah. that could give a lot of power to the players. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. Now uh, I heard some rumblings. Uh, D Wade's been tweeting about it. And tweeting a lot about the, the big three. Maybe maybe it's because his boy Ice Cube over there is uh, running things, but I don't, I don't know, know, man. I know uh, D-Wade's been talking a lot about uh, – he said he's not – but he's also been tweeting a lot about how he keeps – he's in basketball shape. He's still in oh, basketball sure. shape. Yeah. I mean, you see him You see him on TNT all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's, he's yeah. making business moves. He's enjoying yeah. his life as – a retired person and I feel like, yeah, man. like a lot of players saw the in the short time that Kobe Bryant rest in peace was was retired a lot of people saw what he was able to do when he was retired not as just a basketball player but mm-hmm. as Kobe Bryant the person so I feel like yeah. Dwayne Wade who who grew up with him I mean Kobe hit the buzzer beater in his face we all remember it like it's true yeah so it's true. I feel like Wade now, he's he's like trying to – a lot of players, not only Wade, but they're trying to fill in Kobe's shoes, so. Yeah, they really do. Now, you saw the the way of Wade Mambas. Yeah, drop very up. clean. Yeah, very clean. Very clean. Dude, I remember when the first pair of, Wade, of Wades dropped and you could only buy them through like Chinese retailers because they weren't sold in the States yet. Yeah, that was <laughs> Yeah, that, that was that crazy. Was <laughs> I remember I got my pair. I went on a French website, and I had to use Google Translate to figure out how to buy them. It was a little sketch, too. <laughs> it was a little, little sketch, but they came in. They were good quality. They lasted me a few years before they started to beat up. Yeah, I remember them. <laughs> fun yeah, those were, those were fun shoes. Yeah. Though. Um, <laughs> crazy how, uh, you know, yeah, back then, back then what, like, you know, back then, Kobe was still in the league, and now he's having shoes made in his honor. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pity, but mm-hmm. it's been a while since the passing of Kobe, and at first I I was hurt by it, 
but I feel like a lot of us were. The whole the whole nation felt like it was hurting. We lost yeah. we lost one of the best basketball players of our generation. And we won't forget him. He's the Mamba. He'll yeah. always be the Mamba. His eight and twenty-four will always be legendary. And yeah, the thing the, about that is it, it's kind of crazy how much sports really impact us, right? Yeah. Because obviously I wasn't even a Lakers fan growing up, right? You you just said it. He hit the big no. in my thesis, yeah. but he he was still part, you know, my childhood growing up, right? Yeah. You, you would tune in when the Lakers played. You you watched, and you always, right? for example, you take a little piece of paper like this and. Yeah, Kobe, as you shoot it yeah, into the trash can, as I horribly missed. But no, nah, don't worry about it. It's off camera. We'll say you made it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just little things like that. He's a legend. He'll always be remembered. I'll tell my kids about him. I'll show them the clips. I'll show him the championships. I'll show him mm-hmm. everything. You know, so the, like palming the ball and you know having his arms wide out. You know all the. You know all everything, man. Um. It really affected yeah, you and me both. I remember calling you the day of and being like, bro, like, yeah. is this real? Is this real? Believe it, man. I, I saw it on TMZ. I was like, no, they're, they're just making it up. They want a headline. But, man, it happens, right? And that was that was before the world shut down. So that was the biggest story ever. Yeah, let's see, let's see if the Lakers go out and win this for Mamba. It would be a cool story. Let's see if they do. That would be interesting, man. LeBron taking – that uh, he'd probably look up, you know, he'd be like, this is for you, you know, and he, you know, gives his little speech at the end of every championship. Right. Uh, listen, man, it's, it's tough. It really makes you think like it, it goes full circle, right? Everything goes full circle. It's not just basketball. It's not All just right. Sport. Let's, let's end this uh, podcast on a higher note and, and celebrate his life as our first podcast. That's we right. Thought was, we thought it was, very necessary to include him because he was i mean one of we idolized him growing up so rest in peace mamba rest in peace kobe bryant the player the father um and everybody else that was on that flight is yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. i still think about it all the time mm-hmm. but he'll he'll be remembered for for the good Yes, he will. Yeah. Him and his daughter, both. All right. So thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe and to keep us posted. Make sure to send us any kind of comments or DMs of whatever you want to see more. Uh, And we'll see you guys next time.